This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. C is for chunk. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Good afternoon. Welcome in. Happy Monday. This is the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainter and Enrique alvarez Clear are back with you. Hello, Rico. Hello. How's it going, man? We back. I'm great. I'm, I'm fantastic. I had a good weekend full of doing nothing. That's it was good. great. It was fantastic. That's good stuff, man. You were kind of busy on Saturday, but then you had Sunday yeah. off, so you, you was uh, good. Yeah. You had Sunday. Didn't have Sunday I off? I did not have Sunday off. Oh, so, tragic. Last week was a little wild. I, I will not lie. I mean, doing the whole PBA thing, which was a blast. We'll talk about that here in a second. But second of all, it was midterm week. Shout out to Nick for being fantastic on the broadcast. It was it was midterm week last week. Ooh. Um, so this week's spring break. So it's a little bit of a... So you were doing midterms breath. and calling games? Yeah. Oof. There, Wednesday night... I did not sleep. I pulled an all-nighter Wednesday night. Oof. Doing, doing midterms last some good games on Thursday. I, I sure did. It was How a lot many of fun. OT games were there at PBA? Because I feel like there was at least 17. Um, okay, so there was the Omaha Central Lincoln Southwest. Uh-huh. First game. day. First day that DP had. Because my first two days. Blowouts. Blowout horribly, city. Bl- horrible blowouts. Blowout city galore. Yeah, and I thought, man, this is going to be a long week if they're all 15 or 20-point wins. Um. You guys called at least four or five. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Because we had, um, obviously, the Omaha Central Lincoln Southwest one. I had, I can't even remember. The the Humphrey Lindsay Holy Family, the boys, the championship game. Mm-hmm. Um, did we have any more? Did Fremont and Lincoln High go to over? No, no, no. no. Fremont and Lincoln High did not. I, I cannot think of it. There was more. like two more. Yeah, I don't know, because there was a couple times where we went over and we were like, all right, well, this means a, a, a smaller segment for whoever's back in studio, mm-hmm. which was fine. It was okay. Yeah. Uh, but no, you and DP did a fantastic job. I appreciate that, Rico. It was a lot of fun. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, did you know Humphrey, Lindsay, Holy Family, only school to win both girls and boys this year? They're, they are, are really good. And, and the girls, or excuse me, the boys, really impressive um, because of... They they moved up from D one to C two. Mm-hmm. This was their first year. Really impressive. Elkhorn North super impressive um, because they've won back to back now. Big part of that's yes, Britt Prince, but also the job that Ann Prince and her staff has done in their first two years. Really, really impressive stuff. Do they have any seniors this year? They have two, two seniors. Okay, that are both starters. Year. They're both starters. Okay. But we'll see what happens. They bring back everybody else. Why two, did I? They have two seniors. Why did I not know that Britt Prince Riley, was five eleven yeah. and she's playing point guard? Yeah, and, and like. She is a master of the bounce pass. Um, oh yes! Like in transition, she she finds the open play- teammate. Like it, it, she is so like like I said, we talk about this with college uh, players quite often. But a lot of the times, there's players that just look different, and especially on the high school floor, you can kind of see the difference um, in, in those kind type of players. And, and Brent Prince and Taylor McCabe and and even Kennedy Williams at some points were like these players are different they have a super bright future Kennedy Williams shout out to her 
Um, just a sophomore, really, really impressive tournament. She took over those first two yeah, rounds. She sure did, and it was, it was uh, really, really fun stuff to to watch. And upsetting and Millard South, that's super. A, that's big. That was a fun game to call. That was that may have been my most my favorite game that I called last really? week. Really, the the Lincoln Southwest and Millard South game. Because if you think about it, the whole Millard South uh, game, and feel free. I should always put this in there. Starter Heyman text line, Honda Lincoln Hotline, 402-464-5685. Feel free to chime in there. We have a, we have a really, really good show for you guys today. Um, at 2.30, I'll be joined by one of my old buddies, uh, Charlie Easley, who graduated from Pius X in 2019, went walked on to Nebraska, had a really, really fun to watch freshman year with mm-hmm. the Huskers, um, and then transferred out, went to South Dakota State, now South Dakota State Faces Providence on Thursday in the NCAA tournament. Charlie dropped 15 points in their Summit League championship game, their win over North Dakota State. And uh, so I, I texted him last week. And I said, hey, man, you want to come on on Monday? And he said yes. So we'll talk to Charlie here at 2.30. But I just have one question for him. About Baylor. No. Oh, okay. What was it like playing with Thor? <laughs> oh, we should do that. Oh, Absolutely. We should, we should talk about that. But um, Or what was it like watching Pius lose twice to Bellevue West this year? Ooh. See, that's the thing is I don't know I don't know how often he comes back into town. Um that's true. I like I said, I haven't been able to talk to him in, in a year or so, but I like it's weird and, and I don't is know. Is he one of those guys that, that gets angry if you say Pius X? Uh I, I don't know. I feel like those are um I don't know, honestly. But like it was weird because like I remember, you know, talking to him his senior year and and, and stuff like that and we were like, I, I just kept asking, like, hey, man, do you know where you're going? Because he had one Division One offer, and it was to the Citadel. And it's like, hey, man, do you know where you're going? Because Nebraska basketball, that whole situation was kind of uneasy with that, um, with with Fred Hoiberg coming and, and everything. And then he last minute kind of walked on to Nebraska mm-hmm. and then got a scholarship halfway through the season and, and became kind of a fan favorite player. And so it's just, I, I want to ask him about, you know, did you see your journey going like this? Yeah. And, and things like this. Because now he's played in every single game for South Dakota State. He's playing alongside Baylor Shireman, who went to Aurora. And and it's like, did you see your journey being like this and, and going to the NCAA tournament with South Dakota State and you're going to play Providence? And when you, they are 30-4. and four, They've won 21 straight games. And they finished undefeated 18-0 in the conference. That's beautiful. That's fantastic. So I wonder I wonder if when he walked on to Nebraska, if he thought his first NCAA tournament game would be played not with Nebraska. Yeah. So I want to make it I want to make it a little more about South Dakota State, what they're doing up there, um, because that's, you know, talk about the present and stuff like that. So but back to the whole NSAA, the state tournament. Great, great week from. High school fans, um, just general basketball fans. Like I said, the Lincoln Southwest and Millard South game was may have been my favorite just because of the way that Lincoln Southwest showed out Millard South with their dynasty still searching for a, a state title for right now, um, led by head coach Bryce Myers. But we saw the way that you know Maya Babbitt and, and Chloe Lemon and, and Cora Olson all exploded in their first game that I had. But then against Lincoln Southwest, they shut them down. And a big part of that was – you know, Brindley Christensen from from the Silverhawks and and Taryn Ling as well and 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 Kennedy Williams being the being, you know, kind of the face of that team this tournament. Mm-hmm. But so that was a big part of it. But like I said, Rico, like Millard South, and I said this on the broadcast, Millard South sixty four and one in their last sixty five games against teams from Omaha, from the metro area. They have one loss. 
they were undefeated this year, and their first their only loss of the season was to Lincoln Southwest in the state tournament. Like the the dynasty that they're building, they've been to the tournaments five or seven straight times. I can't remember the exact number, but just really really impressive stuff. But they keep falling short. Then you have a team like Fremont, who led by Taylor McCabe, who is a, a silently so fun to watch and and so f- easy to silently for. the Nebraska Gatorade Player yes, of the Year. Yes, nobody talked about it. And so she she comes out, she drops a, a good number every single game, and they finally win their first. Um, finally win their first state title and Kelly Flynn they want to uh they want to make him governor they want to make there are signs out in Fremont saying Kelly Flynn for governor Kelly Flynn governor because he's done something that no other coach has been able to do at Fremont so it's a lot of fun um there were a couple first time champions yes yeah so it's it, it, last week was a ton of fun i i'm pre- i hope everybody else enjoyed it um wet blanket brian john appreciate you guys uh for all the for all the awesome comments appreciate you guys um tuning in and 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 all the compliments we we I'm do gonna shout it. myself out i did a really good job moving yes moving levers and pushing here, buttons. here here's what john said we can read this one hey nick and rico great job nick and dp on calling the basketball games i enjoyed listening to the games with teams that nobody in lincoln ever covers john, john. appreciate it john appreciate you listening glad you glad, glad you, you liked it it was it was a lot of fun all right so 402-464-5685 the honda lincoln hotline the starter hammond text line feel free to uh, time chime in to the show all hour long. Okay, first off, I, I want to talk uh, about Husker women's basketball because they will be playing in the NCAA tournament. But jobbed. Yes, we'll t- get to that. Second, Husker baseball is currently losing to UNO two to zero in the top of the fifth. Nebraska at home. just yeah at home today. Nebraska just left the bases loaded, and they headed the top uh. of the fifth down two to zero. Nebraska has two errors in today's game. Uh, the record four and nine. Thoughts, Rico? Not great, Bob. It's not great. I don't. Uh, I said that they just needed some time to warm up. I mean, I, I mean, I guess you could still say some time to warm up, but uh, we were talking about it. I mean, they could they could turn it around. Obviously, like this this yeah. is no sign of what the entire season is going to look like. This team is better than four and nine. Like at least I think they're better than four and nine. Um, I think they'll turn it around. But hosting a regional seems a little far away now. Yeah. I think that's that's the the thought as well. Um, because you know they said they didn't want to look look at the past. They didn't want to talk about Arkansas. They looked towards the future. The goal was to host the regional. It's going to be hard. It's not impossible. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a big turnaround if they want to host a regional. You you have to think. So when you, if you're hosting a regional, you're a top sixteen team in the country. That, gotta, that's where you are. You got to go undefeated the rest of the year. Nebraska Nebraska is maybe top fifty right now maybe maybe and, and so they're on the so edge a lot right of there. baseball teams there, there's a lot of there's a lot um of season left to play here's what me and mark were talking about ever wonder what separates cloud innovators find out download the deloitte us future of cloud survey report closing the cloud strategy technology and innovation gap at deloitte.com slash us slash cloud survey deloitte this earlier i mean you're sitting here at four and nine now and, and we were talking about this earlier is that like they are that we we're now starting to see all the little things that they did last year that they did it right and we didn't even think about it mm-hmm. because they just did the little things correct and it shows you how when you know walks and airs through the first couple games of the season walks and airs will kill you they can weather the hits 
It's the walks and errors, putting guys on on your own dime or, or because of your uh, problems. Yeah, that's when it hurts you. And so, for example, pitchers not being able to get out of the second inning, pitchers not being able to get through three innings. That's been um, big. Walks, errors, and I think errors is a big one. Communication on defense, whether it's – Understanding that as a right fielder, you got to call off a guy or or take somebody just taking charge. Mm-hmm. The the best player so far this season has been Griffin Everett, and, and it's been behind the dish. However, as everybody knows in baseball, you just can't have just one guy. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, like just doing your job, they don't have a Jackson Hallmark this year. So now we're starting to see, you know, kind of what has what's different from last season to this year and. And maybe we underappreciate, not underappreciated, but under um, undervalued, undervalued how big of a role or how big of a luxury it was to get all those guys back because of the COVID year. I, I think that's a big thing because mm-hmm. now you're having a lot of fresh faces. And this is not to say that the expectations at the beginning of the season were not warranted. Like they they brought them on themselves, and I think we were not wrong to expect them to be better than four and nine through thirteen games. Yeah. I, like th- th- nobody, nobody expected them to win the Big Ten title last year, including myself, and they did it. But now this year, everybody expected them to win the Big Ten title or at least compete, and nobody expected them. The Sam Houston won, like whatever, man. Turns That's, out Sam Houston really good. Sa- turns out Sam Houston good. Like we knew they were good, but turns out really good. This is a very solid team down at Sam Houston. So it's just. The the whole losses, you know, like the games against UT Arlington and Northwestern State, it's like those are the ones that you're going to need um, because when you're looking at postseason time, as as our second baseman makes a good play there um, up the middle, but when you're looking at, you know, come postseason time and you're looking at losses and, and wins and things like that, you want to look at those games and not take those into account. And the way that you do that is by winning those games and taking care of business. Mm-hmm. The way that you don't do that is by losing them and because those are games that hurt you a lot more than they help you if if you lose those are the games that send you to a to a top seeded regional as yeah. opposed to You're right. going somewhere where you have a better chance of winning or hosting it yourself so yeah it's the the small things that Nebraska did last year that nobody even thought about um kind of showing its ugly face here uh, during the early part of this season, but there's there are ways they can get this turned around. They just gotta they gotta shore up a couple of things, and they have enough. They have look, they have enough talent to turn this season around and and you know be better. But right now, I don't know what it is, but they gotta figure something out quick because this this could turn into a landslide of 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 bad. Yeah, and losing like we're we're seeing the midweek games, and and it that's where kind of maybe losing a guy like Jacob Buns comes into effect because you can't put him out there for four innings, you can't put a, a Jacob Buns out there for five innings, in, in you know relief of the fourth inning, mm-hmm. because normally those midweek games are are a lot of times bullpen games. That's where we see guys like Cody Frank get their starts, and but now Cody Frank has become one of the Friday guys because Kyle Perry wasn't getting his job done, and now Shea Shanneman has given up two runs on three hits, um, 77, like, 70 or 80 pitches through yeah. five innings. But at the end of the day, if your offense isn't swinging the bat, <laughs> like, if you're not swinging to the bat, if you if you strike out or you're walking back to the dugout with the bat on your shoulder because you didn't lift it off your shoulder, then that's you, man. 
Like, you're taking yourself out of it. Honestly, last year, Nebraska being down 2-0, not really worried. I'd be like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll, they'll put together a six-run inning. Exactly. But this year, the way that the bats have gone ice cold, it's... 2-0 seems like a lot. So this is this is an interesting interesting comment we have off the uh, text line here. 402-464-5685. It concerned me when Will Bolt said preseason that they might play less small ball because they had the bats up and down the lineup. Then in game six of the season, we saw the first home run along with a 1-5 record get back to what was working. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, That, that was one of the quotes that stuck out to me when B- Will Bolt was talking that one day. I, I agree with you. I will say this though, um, I don't, I don't, I just don't know if they have the speed, have the the roster makeup that they did last year. If you think about the guys that have moved on now, it's Mojo Haggy, it's um, Jackson Hallmark is a big mm-hmm. one, and you, you also don't have Luke Roscom, who is a one of your bigger power bats from last year. He he left, but that's not really the point. But with that, you don't have Spencer Schwellenbach also, who was a second round pick. So, do you have the guys to continue to play small ball, or has your roster mm-hmm. changed with all of the losses from a more of a small ball roster to more of a uh, uh, just a balanced attack? Yeah, I, I more think, balanced not, where you don't where you don't. It's I'm not saying they had to play small ball last mm-hmm. year, but with the bodies that they had, small ball was their best option to well, get wins. It was just gritty. Like it was just it was fun to watch. It was tough. It was gritty. It was it was Defense. what worked right. It was it was. Throw strikes, win the two to one ball games. Throw strikes, make plays, limit the errors, limit the walks, limit the things you can control, and we'll see what happens. But you have to remember that a, a guy like Chase Mason is not on the team anymore. Two outs already. Yeah, so two the outs. Bottom of the, the fifth just started. So two outs. Um, but like now you you don't you lose a guy in Chase Mason who was the South Dakota Player of the Year uh, for baseball. He decided to move on and play some football. And so you lose him in the in the off season. That's a bat out of your lineup, and, and a guy in the left in in the outfield. And you have Kyle Perry, who's coming off of Tommy John surgery, who mm-hmm. feels like he was fine, but through the first and, and in Arkansas he p- pitched extremely well. But the truth be it that here early on in the season he's just struggling a little bit. So you have that, and then you lose Jacob Buns. It seems like Nebraska always loses one guy in their bullpen to to an injury. This year it's Jacob Buns. Last year it was Colby Gomez, and you just wonder how when are they going to put it together? Mm-hmm. Because unfortunately, through thirteen games and, and about to be fourteen, if, if things stay the course like they are right now, Nebraska is going to drop another game and get double digit losses. Fourteen games into the season, nobody saw it coming. National writers didn't see it coming. The people within the program did not expect this. I did not expect this. No. Rico didn't. And so we're all kind of searching for answers, and it's really telling that Will Bolt's kind of doing the same thing when he goes out and says, we're just playing really, really weak. we got to find a guy. And and along the lines of switching their philosophy on, you know, what works and stuff, Will Will Bolt and his staff talking to them, and especially talking to Lance Harvell and and knowing what Will Bolt's about and his pedigree and, and knowing what Rob Childress is about, because once again, as history tells us, this team, this this coaching staff, I should say, doesn't seem like the staff to go out on a limb and try something that they don't believe will that work. That they don't have confidence in. Yeah. And so if they feel like they can beat teams by strictly hitting the baseball, then great. And it's just not translating yet. So It just, it just hasn't. The bats haven't caught up to the mentality quite yet. You're that's, absolutely right. I think that's that's what's going on right now. But... It's if you would have told me Nebraska was going to have, you know, 
nine. If you asked me when Nebraska would have nine losses, I would say it's somewhere halfway through yeah. Big Ten play. You would hope so. And once again, I will full. I will sit here and admit that I did not see a four and nine, four and almost four and ten start coming. I, I will. I will sit here and I will say that's on blue in the face because I still feel like this team is has the talent and has the staff and the pitching staff and the coaching staff that could host a regional. They don't. There's just something they're not doing. The little things they're not controlling what they can control. And in baseball, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Control what you can control, and you can't. You know, you cannot rely. If you're down five to zero in the ninth, you cannot rely on you being able to hit a baseball and finding a gap yeah. every single time out. You just putting yourself out of the game when you have three, four, five errors a game, and then oh, guess what? Our starting pitcher is not making it out of the second second inning for the fourth game in a row. So our bullpen, bullpen bullpen's being taxed. We lost a guy in the bullpen already, a, a mainstay in the bullpen, mm-hmm. uh, one of the leaders, and we're making errors. We're hitting batters. We're we're walking guys. And we're striking out a lot offensively. So they're not as patient in the box as they yeah. were last year. Well, well and, I guess and, that kind of goes back to the small ball that somebody was talking about. Well, and I'll say this: I'll say this: when you're down four to zero in the ninth and you're frustrated because of the whole season, you're not. You're trying to switch that. You're trying to fix yourself with one swing of the bat. Mm-hmm. That, that's just the truth. You're, you're trying to hit a home run, get your team some momentum because for essentially eight innings, if it's the ninth inning, you're you have none, and you're only hurting yourself. Um, by trying to trying to kill the ball and making it a five to one ball game instead of being patient like you said, Rico, and either being disciplined to take a walk or not trying to hit a home run, just hit the ball where it's pitched and, and do your job because mm-hmm. that's what baseball is kind of about. All right, when we come back, we will have Charlie Easley of South Dakota State basketball graduated from Pius the tenth in twenty nineteen, won a state title with the Bolts, um, started with the Huskers as a walk on, then earned a scholarship halfway through the season. Then transferred to South Dakota State. Um, he averages about eight points per game for the Jackrabbits, but in the Summit League Championship game against North Dakota State last week, he dropped 15 points, six rebounds, um, played in 35 minutes. South Dakota State, as a team, won the Summit League Championship 75-68 to over North Dakota State, I believe, and they will face Providence on Thursday in New York as part of the NCAA tournament. So we will talk to Charlie Easley of South Dakota State coming up next on the Happy Hour. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.